Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time. Time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-882-2093. 800-882-2093. 800-882-2093. That's 800-882-2093. The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Welcome to Radio Law Talk, hour number two. I'm with Todd Keenan, myself, Frederick Penny, and Chris is our special guest producer today, not three-time uh, Emmy-nominated person like Cal was, but uh, appreciate Chris being here. And Chris, also in Dallas, thank you for being here and uh, taking care of all the little buttons and the little little things you got to push up and down and, you know, the I don't know what all that stuff is. It's so confusing. There's wires everywhere is all I know. Wires everywhere. <laughs> What is it? What's this? I look behind the board, man. There's like it's like a tangled web of. I swear, we must. Be, spiders must live back there, Chris. What is? What's the deal? Uh, that, that's that's where uh, that, that's that's where Cal keeps all the. Uh... <laughs> all the case or no cases. Yeah. Again, we're back to the vault. Um, I, I think Chris Chris is going to have to get back. I guarantee he looked back to him and oh, oh yeah, it's, it, it, it's scary back there. Yeah, yeah. so Chris is going to have to come someday. I better, I better take a canary with me. <laughs> no, he's going to bring a bunch of zip ties. He's going to walk in with like a thousand zip ties. All right, we're going to clean this. Let's get this, this taken up. care of. <laughs> That's exactly. Chris is our tech guy that helps on a lot of different uh, fronts. We appreciate him being here. This is Radio Law Talk. Uh, Call us at 855-LAW-RADIO. Again, 855-529-7234. We're talking about general topics of law. Seek local counsel. We're not giving uh, legal advice. Go to an attorney. Go to www.radiolawtalk.com if you want to uh, listen to us live or if your local station is going to cut us off after two hours. Call mom and say, hey, keep it on for all three hours. 9 to noon Pacific time every Saturday. We're here. We're talking about the latest topics, the latest legal topics, and we're making fun. We're making it fun. I mean, it, it, as one producer said to us that started carrying the show in a, in a radio station, I got I, I to get that email uh, as uh, Joe, Joe Spara, our affiliates relations guy, said that he sent it to me. That's kind of like, wow, Radio Law Talk didn't sound too interesting, but when I listened to it, it was awesome. It was funny. We have a good time. And, and that's what we do here. We try to bring you uh, interesting legal issues and, and have fun with them. And yet maybe, maybe you can get a little bit out of it. But uh, email us at info at radiolawtalk.com if you want to give us a call. 
Um, I mean, if you want to uh, email us, and that's during the week. So a lot of times we do answer those uh, those things. So today we're going to talk about the second hour. We're going to talk about tobacco lawsuits. Wow, Todd and I as attorneys, uh, you know, this is all about a closing argument that we're going to discuss how a $37 million verdict and what happens to the verdict after closing statements. We're going to discuss that. American Pickers, Mike Wolf. We got Tesla being sued again. We've got a lot of other issues we're going to talk about that are going to be really cool. A funny one that's I just think is kind of funny and it's off the wall is Los Angeles court is fined. <laughs> the, the actual courts are fined. Uh, 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 get, get some fines from the government. No, no, let me repeat that. The court got fined <laughs> from the government. So we're going to talk about what happened there and, and where we go. But the reason everybody comes to Radio Law Talk is one thing and one thing only, and that is case or no case, roll it, Chris. Now it's time to play case or no case. Yay! All right. We both got two points last time, so go ahead and lead us into this one. We're going to win again. Okay. A man was injured in Missouri while riding a human gyroscope at a carnival type of venue. The defendant owned and operated the ride as part of a larger recreational facility where the plaintiff was attending a fundraising event. According to the defendant's own promotional materials, the ride, known as the Spaceball, is designed to operate as a single-seat human gyroscope that inverts and rotates its rider. To protect the ride... Wait, 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 wait. I'm going to interrupt. Yeah. That sounds like um, Todd's dating life. Hey, 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 (laughs) hey, 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 hey. Now, now. <laughs> Repeat it. Go back. before It turns and rotate. What was that? Adam? Okay. It, uh, it is designed to operate as a single-seat human <laughs> that's, gyroscope. That's exactly it. Todd, just think of Todd's dating life. Keep going, Chris. That inverts and rotates its rider. <laughs> there. <laughs> this is a great one. This is all Todd's dating life. Keep going. To protect the rider, the space ball has a harness that is locked in place with a cotter pin and secures the rider to the chair. There you go. Darn Todd. straight. <laughs> Strap yourself in, buddy. It How was, do you think I avoid liability? <laughs> it was claimed the defendant provided no staff to assist riders in using the space ball. Just me, baby. Just Todd. Instead, it claimed the organization responsible for the fundraising event was supposed to provide volunteer operators who failed to show. I'll That's use interns. I don't care. <laughs> This is exactly his dating life. <laughs> Volunteer operators that failed to show. Hey. Todd's sitting there at the at the restaurant all the time. Well, n- another no-show, Mr. Cunin? Yeah, another no-show. All right, here's your free meal. We feel bad for you. <laughs> Date me, satisfy your pro bono hours. Come on, we're good. Yeah, yeah, keep going. Okay, and the defendant itself never trained anyone in how to operate the ride or safety harness. And it allowed patrons at the fundraising event, including the plaintiff, to use the ride. He fell out and onto the steel floor of the ride. He was hurt and immediately called his lawyer and asked, case or no case? He doesn't say what state, though, does he? Uh, Missouri. Missouri. Wow. Okay. All right. I think I go first. You're up up first on this one, Fred. All right. Here we go. This one I like because I'm a personal injury lawyer, so this one's right up my alley. And uh, I can go on for an hour and discuss the issues here, but I'm going to make it quite simple. This is clearly a case. Because I think, Cal, that the details are a little bit too, you know, too detailed. And, and it's in Missouri and the space ball. Or either that or he's thinking about when he rode the space ball up at the, the local county fair and Cal <laughs> fell out. So uh, that or uh, what it is is it's a true case. And 
the winner is going to be the ind- the individual that was injured because you have to have safety. Uh, you, uh, people have to be trained. There has to be sa- certain safety uh, standards. There have to be warnings. There has to be you know signs, et cetera, et cetera. I can go on forever and ever. I don't know Missouri law. I don't practice in Missouri, but I'm going to say it's a case, and the injured person wins. All right, Fred says case. All right. Yeah. What say you, Todd? Well, you know, we're sticking with the this describes my dating life, and I'll just tell you right now, if you ain't this tall, you can't ride this ride, baby. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what the, where did that come from? But uh, So I, I, you know, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't mention this. I, I'm going not... to agree with you, yeah. but one thing that if I have learned anything from mm-hmm. Radio Law Talk seated to your left for the last four years, right. it is this, that – Despite the fact that there may be waivers and stuff that you sign, if they even did exist, somebody can never waive negligence. Exactly right. Negligence liability and the way this was set up about having just a cotter pin and and no um, rarely safety, don't say never say ne- safe, rarely safety measures. Well, I'm going to say I'm going to say never for purposes of my answer because right. I could be wrong. But right. Uh, right. but you know they that, so they've got all of this. And everything that happened just reeks of negligence here. So I'm going to say that this is a case, and I got to agree with Fred. I think this is a case, and the plaintiff wins. All, All right, this. let's do this one. We got time on this one. Oh, uh, we got about we got about a minute left here. Oh, before let's the not, break, no, no, then, so. no, let's hold it then. Yeah, start playing that music, Chris. Just start playing the music. Then we're going to tease them and find out what uh, whether or not the Todd's dating life is like a gyroscope. That's the I, first thing we got to. Got to check Twitter Chris. to see if Todd Cunin's spaceball gyroscope is available. I might yeah. want to take that name. <laughs> take that name. And the second thing is is whether or not it's a case. And uh, whether or not the individual that was injured won. But I still think it applies to your life. I think it really well, yeah, does. You know. you know, Todd, don't forget, I'm married. I have, you know, your life's the exciting life that we have to live through. If you're looking at my life for vicarious excitement, you're in trouble. All right, we'll be back right <laughs> after this. Uh, again, keep your seatbelt on and tighten that strap. We'll be back. and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-918-1376. 
That's 800-918-1376. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans, and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance. It's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-670-0940. 800-670-0940. That's 800-670-0940. Hi. This is Annette Benning. I'd like to tell you about a nonprofit human services organization that has been helping everyone in performing arts and entertainment for more than 130 years, the Actors Fund. The fund serves everyone in film, theater, television, music, opera, radio, and dance with programs to support a life in the arts. The fund offers emergency financial assistance in times of need including help for those in crisis due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Services include health care and insurance counseling, housing, secondary employment, and training services and more, all to help foster stability and resiliency for the people who lift us up and brighten our days through their work, especially in times of crisis and anxiety. To learn more, please visit actorsfund.org. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. Okay, men, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. Cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. you got to dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments, because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Show the world that you're tougher than tough. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. the best. I want my toy. It's time to pay me now. Email the show anytime you'd like. Info at radiolawtalk.com. I-N-F-O. Info. Info at radiolawtalk.com. Dot com. So we are playing case or no case. Chris brought up this wonderful space ball case, the gyroscope <laughs> that we, uh, the analogy 
was with Todd's dating life. There's a gyroscope at this uh, little, I'm going to say, amusement uh, park, and uh, this individual gets in it, and it doesn't apparently work quite right, as in keeping him strapped in, and, he, and they don't have proper training, and he's thrown out and injured, and this is in Missouri. We said both of us said it's a case, and the injured party wins, much like ca- uh, Todd's <laughs> dating life. Someone's always injured, and someone always wins. <laughs> Darn straight. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for the answer? Let's yes. do it. Do well, tell. The answer is, it's a case. Yes. All right. Woo. That's awesome. So we both get one point at one least. Point. Okay, the winner. Go ahead. Tell the, tell the story. Okay, doctors diagnosed the plaintiff with a joint fracture and aggravation of the plaintiff's pre-existing degenerative disc disease. And the similarities, my dating life continue. There you go. The plaintiff filed a <laughs> personal injury lawsuit. That's what his girlfriends do, too? <laughs> personal injury lawsuits. <laughs> a jury saw it his way and held the defendant as 100% at fault Ooh. for the accident and ordered it to pay the plaintiff $1.5 million million dollars in damages and that's why i can't have a credit card the defendant appealed the missouri court of appeals dismissed the appeal among other issues the appeals court rejected the defendant's argument that the amount of the judgment was excessive especially since the plaintiff had only sought between five hundred thousand and seven hundred and fifty thousand Ooh, boy they hit that that plaintiff's uh, that defense uh, bar was not too happy yeah the court explained that under missouri law the jury was entitled to award a higher amount and that it was uh, and that it was in a much better position to assess the extent of pain and suffering endured by the plaintiff than the court itself that's great when the when the plaintiff Lord, you just give us 750 grand and they go we'll give you 1.5 yeah we'll double it for you there you go that's a journey that's a clapping one and that is case or no case and todd we are smoking denise she is not here and losing points we got four points so far each right yeah that's true and i just want to say a disclaimer here that no person who has ever been in a relationship with me, with the exception of my former spouse, has ever secured a money judgment as a result of that relationship. <laughs> no points for you. And your, and your former spouse got a money judgment. Oh, yeah, she got it a money very, judgment. It was but very you know, small hey, amount. Yeah, oh, oh, very small. It was actually paid in snow cones and food stamps. <laughs> the local Little League ballpark. Snow, <laughs> snow cones are good payment. Yeah. Well, I don't know if this is going to work, but... Uh... <laughs> Snow it's cream. alimony, baby. Have at it. Have at it. Oh, my gosh. We're going to talk about tobacco lawsuit, American Pickers, Mike Wolf, and, and Tesla being sued again. So, But here, here's the thing. You know, there's this tobacco lawsuit. What, what you're going to learn about this, and as Todd and I know as trial lawyers, and we've both tried cases, um, the closing argument is probably one of your most important things that you have to do well, right? You have to, you know, basically lay out the evidence – that was presented and put it in a, in a fashion that uh, the jury is going to understand. You kind of you, you kind of put it in a package and tie it in a bow. But the most important thing you do is you and, and the judge and the courts allow you some bravado, right? You're going to allow some bravado, but you got to be careful on how much bravado you use in your closing statement or your closing argument. And that is bravado, not vibrato. I mean, that's exactly right. He's guilty. That's yes. right. So in this case, there's a $37 million verdict um, and, and the, against the Tobacco Institute for this one individual's wife who dies of cancer. He sues the tobacco industry, and um, it gets overturned. That's right. By the appellate court. And the appellate court overturns this case, and why do they 
this is the this is the, this is great. Why did they overturn the case, Todd? They overturned the case because of the language, the inflammatory language used by the plaintiff's counsel. Um, the general idea here, this is what the court's looking for. Did the way that the attorney ref, who ref, was for the plaintiff in referring to the defendant, was their language so over the top that it would inflame the jurors and cause the jurors to abandon all reason in returning a verdict? Like, I'm just going to return a verdict because I hate the defendant, right? As opposed to taking the evidence and applying the facts to the law and seeing if the elements are met by the facts that were brought out at the trial. And what the court found was that the statements of plaintiff's counsel rose to the level that the jurors would abandon all reason and just render a verdict because they didn't like the tobacco company. And in doing so, they cited a few things that the attorney said in closing argument so for this example is interesting. this is great by the way this is, you got to hear this here put your uh, headphone turn your volume up this is the good one listen re- to this. referring to the tobacco company as quote the soulless enterprise of death okay it's one thing to say they manufacture a product that results in the death of other people that is factually correct that does not label the defendant it talks about it describes what they do not who they are but to refer to them who they are as the soulless enterprise of death, well, that goes a bit overboard. <laughs> that sounds like some girlfriends that told you that, huh? Yeah, what is it with this second hour and me and, re- <laughs> and girlfriends? <laughs> hey, nobody complained about the gyroscope ride, okay? All right. So uh, <laughs> that is on the doodle. Yeah. Other things that they other things they talked about were when let's see. No, they, what, oh, that's George. Now they talk about he brings up George Orwell's. What is it? Dystopia novel. He talks about the 1984 Oscar Wilde book, uh, the picture of what Dorian Gray, right? Um, that that's for, that's from uh, Fifty Shades of Gray. Right, 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 right. But what I'm saying is he's bringing up, he's quoting these novels. That's right. It's not like he's saying it himself. He's and he puts the tobacco industry as one of the players in the novel or one of the characters, right? Yeah. So, for example, in in Fifty Shades of Gray, there's a part where Gray, the lead character. Um, it's in reference to him. It says, "quote He's able to see inside his own self and sees that he is rotten." And well, if you say that in a jury trial in your closing argument, and you're saying that's what the defendant is, they look in their own soul and they see that they are rotten. You've gone beyond talking about what the facts show that are relevant to the case, and now you're trying to label and characterize the defendant. You can get away with it a little bit, but if you go overboard, right? Guess what? And what we're going to do? Go ahead. You run the risk of losing out on a $37 million judgment that you thought you won. And guess what? We're going to come back. We're going to state. We're, I'm going to tell you some other statements that were made in his closing arguments that are very interesting. But the courts overturned and said way too much, way too much. We'll be right back after this. This portion of Radio Law Talk is brought to you by Strauss Naturals. For more information, go to StraussNaturals.com. That's S-T-R-A-U-S-S, StraussNaturals.com. Wayne Elliott here to tell you about my experience with Strauss Naturals Heart Drops over the past 20 years. Strauss Heart Drops saved me back then and changed my life forever. It's hard to describe how invigorating it is when you support your healthy blood flow everywhere. There is scientific evidence that Heart Drops ingredients help maintain healthy lipid concentration. Cholesterol is in the blood lipid group. 
This supports blood flow, our body's most important function. I was able to maintain a healthy heart and blood flow. Strauss Heart Drops work, I can assure you. No contraindications with pharma drugs. Strauss Heart Drops are safe and Strauss guarantees your satisfaction with a hassle-free guarantee so you can't go wrong and certainly have nothing to lose. I've seen folks taking heart drops that have greatly improved their lives. Available online at StraussNaturals.com. Thank you very much. These products may not be right for you. Always read and follow the label. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800 918 1376. 800 918 1376. That's 800 918 1376. I love as we're coming out of the break and uh, Chris is playing the kitty bumps. He's laughing. <laughs> I can hear him laughing. <laughs> he loves the kitty bumps. But uh, we're talking about the $37 million verdict uh, for the tobacco, uh, against the tobacco industry um, for this individual uh, by the name of Richard M A H F U Z Mahfouz, um, because his wife died from supposedly smoking cigarettes. And um, <clears throat> it was overturned. Because of basically the inflammatory closing statements that he made, and we're quoting a few of them, and there's more, there's more interesting ones. Uh, you know, he he read a passage the council did from, and and this is noted everywhere, but this is from the ABA Journal. I love you know some of the things we 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 go directly to the source. We see articles. We we, we hear it from all different areas from the news, um, but uh, ABA brought up an important a couple important ones, and um, he described. Uh, his client as trying to overcome Big Brother. He's the good guy. And then he read a, reads a passage from ni- the 1984, the book, the right? The novel. That's the right. The novel, um, and which the fictional character Winston, and I'm going to quote, uh, was about ready to be tortured when he said, you must stop imagining that posterity will vindicate you, Winston. Posterity will never hear you. You'll be lifted clean out of the stream of history. So, uh, so the, he then he says, make sure the wife's not forgotten. You know? Yeah, I mean, a little bit inflammatory. You know, yeah. oftentimes when when people discuss how attorneys go about trial, they'll use a sports analogy. So, you know, it's it's like a it's like a sporting event where you go all out and you want to win. And, and and I think that that analogy sometimes 
is misused and underserves the lawyers and is wrongly applied for this reason. I have yet to see, for example, a Super Bowl where at the conclusion of the Super Bowl, you got one team that wins. And then later on, it's determined that somebody didn't like a play or the way they went about playing the game and the outcome, the, the victory is overturned. Yeah, I've never seen that happen in basketball. I've never seen that in any team sport. And yet sometimes if people think it's all about the victory here with regard to trial work, they don't realize that if you go overboard like this, you can have your victory overturned like we do see sometimes in NASCAR. Where a person wins a race, they do the post-race inspection to find out that there was something wrong with their car. You know, right. the, the panels were off, and if the car fails post-race inspection, same thing happens in horse racing. The victory can be invalidated. Track and field, steroid use later, somebody tests positive, that can be invalidated. And that's a better analogy to keep, have people keep in mind when they think it's all about winning a trial. Well, yeah. what about when the NCAA took away those USC victories and Reggie Bush's Heisman? Is that... A similar situation that would be that would be similar that doesn't go necessarily to the conduct of the specific game itself that goes to what was going on outside of the purview of any specific game but yeah people need to keep that in mind that your victory is not secure i see this in criminal law a lot where prosecutors sometimes will get very creative with some of their closing arguments and it's it's particularly troubling there let's say you got a, a case that involves a victim who was really harmed and it's a heinous case. And they think, okay, finally, I've got justice. The person that did this to me or my family member has been put in jail. They've been convicted. Bill Cosby. We covered that last uh, week. And then later on, they come back and uh, an appellate court says, yeah, the way they went about trying to convict that person violated constitutional rights. It was wrong. Sometimes they go overboard. They that's do. It, that's it. And it's like, okay, just just lay the, the stuff out. But you know what? They're, and, they're, they're doing the best they can. Right? And it's tough, especially when you look at it and you think, I, now, I don't know all the ins and outs and all the evidence that was presented in this case, but it's especially difficult when you look at it and say, you could have won if you hadn't done that. Right. You know, you you added on and it actually detracted from a case that was already a winner. Yeah, it could have been. We don't, and we don't know. He also said, uh, do, not, don't lose sight, quote, the evil that men do. The conduct of these individuals lives on. Horrors leave shadows, especially car- carcinogenic horrors. It's just, you know, the, the extreme vibrato that was used. The court held that it was improper inflammatory closing arguments uh, that appealed to a passion by trial counsel. So that, that, that basically, and then the courts, the, the courts basically said, you just went too far. And then you said the dissent. What did the dissent say? Well, the dissent said, look, what one of the... Uh, it was, it was a concurring opinion, and some of the dissent said, well, we don't think this really rose to the level of – to the point where the jury would completely ignore the evidence that was presented. They'd want to convict just because they hated the defendant based upon these statements. Probably didn't rise to that level, but still it was egregious enough for us to look at this and take action here. And, you know, I – I keep going back to this. It probably it might not have been necessary. The rule of thumb that I try to follow when I'm in when I'm in trial is this. I will characterize the conduct. So let's say I'm suing Fred and I say, Fred lied, Fred did this, Fred Uh-oh. did this. I characterize the conduct. I'm not characterizing Fred. So I could say he lied, but I'm not going to say Fred is a liar, because if I say I that, it. now I'm characterizing him and not the conduct. And that's where people, trial lawyers, can really right. go afoul of the rules. I'm not a liar. He's not a liar. Okay. No, I'm just using that as an example. This was all fictitious. And- <laughs> 
and still has nothing to do with my dating life. That's exactly. Speaking of dating life, American Pickers. And I love American Pickers. Um, that's one of my favorite shows. Chris, do you watch segue of all segues there. Yeah. Do you wear? Do you watch that one ever, Chris? Oh yeah, yeah. I love American Pickers, and the best part about it is some of the stuff. I'm wondering if it's kind of set up. What do you guys think? Just, just tell me the truth. Do you think it's obviously? I love the pulling up and the cameras are all there. Hi, I'm Mike. Uh, here you go. Well, Michael, here's a list of what I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I just I, I just read an article about that. That part of the show is set up by the where the producers find the locations for them to go, and then they act like they found it just right, driving around. Right. I'm wondering though if they kind of dig through it in advance and say. Here's some stuff we where um, that's what I'm curious. About. Yeah, and they know. said they said that the uh, the prices are already agreed upon. Then they then they film the negotiation, if you will. Got it. You know, on these reality shows, there's a real fine line that they have to walk when it comes to um, Sat Screen Actors Guild sale uh, oh, scale yeah. and the people that participate in these because a reality show. Look, they came in vogue back in the late '90s when the writers went on strike and. They had to do this content. They had to fill content, right? Remember the uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Oh, yeah. That was a game show It came in, and they could get around the writer's strike and all that because these were technically game shows. They weren't uh, stuff that you needed to have SAG writers do. The same thing was true right. with reality series. This is not scripted. And sometimes these shows can get into trouble if their sets are too staged because now SAG comes in and says, hold on a second, that's not reality television. That's scripted television. So there's a real fine line yeah. you have to walk there Interesting. with this. Yeah, I was, but I love watching it. But I, but I do some of it. Just seems like, look, okay, we've got fifty acres of stuff. Oh, look what I found! I, you know, I just don't, <laughs> don't know. In, in a half hour, I look at underneath twenty things. I found this here. Oh, look at this! This great find. I, but they, I bet they've hired. I'm not saying this is true. You guys just, I'm just, I'm speculating. Fifty guys out there, you know, making minimum wage, taking around. Okay, Mike, this is where you look. You know, if, if they did an Easter egg hunt the same way, there'd be one guy. Grandpa would be out there with his favorite grandson. Hey, go look behind the oak tree. I left an egg with like a fifty dollar bill in it. <laughs> oh, That's look what I found. That's exactly right. I wish someone would have given told me that about the eggs. I was usually the one. Go look around the other oak tree. <laughs> There's yeah. like nothing over oh, there. Oh, I found an egg, and it's not even hard boiled, and it's been here for a year. Wow, <laughs> it's from last year's. <laughs> anyway. Any, anywho, and and Denise isn't here usually. She's this is her. He's filed for a divorce of his wife, and they're in Tennessee, which is apparently is a no fault. So no, 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 Tennessee is, is a, a fault. Is a fault state. So then they, why do they say ir irreconcilable differences? Well, th that's the reason for the split. Uh, let's see, filed for divorce, but they still have to. Right. They still have to prove fault. That was what came up in our Ben Zobrist case, where he had filed in Tennessee, which was right. a fault case. She filed in Illinois, which is no fault. Yeah, that's right. And that changes things up a bit, which which is going to have jurisdiction here. But so they're going to have to show fault. And yeah, they're going to they're have to show something. But, but I guess there was the uh, November of TMZ apparently put out that uh, in November is. Uh, she filed for divorce, apparently, right, uh, uh, in November. But I don't know what's going on now. Apparently, uh, recently, they just, uh, they're separated. I don't know. I don't know. It says yeah. separated as of June of 2020. But anyway, the divorce is going on. And the reason, we just want to bring that up just to touch on it because we want to make sure you uh, stay tuned next year, uh, next year, next week, Radio Law Talk. We'll have Denise Dirksback, who is our 
is our family law attorney. Maybe the divorce will go like an episode of American Pickers where they walk into court. Everything is already agreed to. They don't have to. They do a little bit of haggling. The the forms are already prepared. Everything. Oh, this is real. This is the way that it happens. We'll have to see if that happens. No, she's going to go, oh, I, I want that thing for, that you picked from that one thing, uh, that one show, uh, December 28th. It's, it's almost done. And then she says, I want the Beanie Baby collection. Three <laughs> months later, still in negotiation. We'll be back right after this. Advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic, and maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want, just let us know and we'll make it right. Totally risk-free. What do you have to lose? You can't buy PetJoy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer. And if you call right now, learn how to get two bottles free with your order. Turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper. Ain't that right, boy? He said call PetJoy right now. 800-711-9218. 800-711-9218. 800-711-9218. That's 800-711-9218. I've got to get my car washed. This dirt, it just won't do. The best thing about Quick Cut Car Wash is whenever you go through, the smell in your car is always great, and they have super fun lights and colors. But I don't have no time today. I don't know what I do. Your car smells good and it's clean at Quick Quack Car Wash. And I know this place right down the road. Quick Quack quick, 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 car, car Wash. Quick Quack Car Wash. Get the Quick Quack Confidence. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch this cutter shine. Get the Quick Quack Habit. Take your car once a week. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. I like Quick Quack because of the mascot, Quackles. Come on. So we sell unlimited membership for per vehicle. You can add a family plan and add an additional vehicle at a discounted rate. Don't drive that dirty car. Hi, this is Annette Benning. I'd like to tell you about a nonprofit human services organization that has been helping everyone in performing arts and entertainment for more than 130 years the Actors Fund. The fund serves everyone in film, theater, television, music, opera, radio, and dance with programs to support a life in the arts. The fund offers emergency financial assistance in times of need, including help for those in crisis due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Services include health care and insurance counseling, housing, secondary employment, and training services and more, all to help foster stability and resiliency for the people who lift us up and brighten our days through their work, especially in times of crisis and anxiety. To learn more, please visit actorsfund.org. 
Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans, and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-670-0940. 800-670-0940. That's 800-670-0940. Where's Rodriguez? No points for you. This is Radio Law Talk with Frederick Penny. Rodriguez hasn't been here for years. I'll tell you right now, where's Rodriguez? He's <laughs> he's playing baseball right now. Oh yeah, he's a good friend of ours that has. He pops in every once in a while. So uh, there's a couple of things we want to talk about, mainly the Tesla car, uh, Tesla situation. Uh, again, we've been hearing about these Tesla accidents um, of the basically uh, autopilot is is the issue of what happens. And again, you know, it's it's they haven't perfected it to the point where it doesn't have some issues. And uh, we have a 15 year old boy that was killed in 2019. Uh, involving a Tesla uh, Model 3 that was on autopilot. Apparently the guy that was driving the Tesla was going from one lane to the next, and it didn't stop in time. At least the autopilot was confused. They're thinking by the sun. They're not quite sure the cameras, but it didn't apparently see the the SUV in front of him and hit the SUV um, and then cause it to careen out of control, the SUV, and apparently turn over. Um, or was it a pickup or an SUV? It, it was a it was a Ford Explorer, so yeah. it was an SUV. Yeah. So it got rear-ended by the Tesla. The Tesla Kareen roll over, and the 15 year old in the Tesla or in yeah. the SUV was killed. Yeah. But you know, I want to throw a question to you really quick, Fred. Yeah. In in reading up on this, the 15 year old was also not wearing a seatbelt. Right. And so, how does that work in the state of California? Where okay, if you can prove liability because the driver and the manufacturer, of the Tesla, let's say they're liable for hitting the truck. But what happens if you can show that not wearing the seatbelt also contributed to the injuries? How does that work in the state of California? So uh, all states are a little different, so you got to check your local state. But but uh, generally speaking, uh, it's uh, this is what's called a comparative negligence state. So you're going to be able to uh, say this person was partially at fault or that person was partially at fault by causing the injuries or the accident, either way. And, and this is uh, a, a deep... Uh, how do I say it? It's a very difficult discussion and, uh, and and is the hiring of many experts to determine the injuries or what the injuries would have been if they were wearing a seatbelt, which it is uh, legal. You have to be wearing a seatbelt legally while you're in a car. And so since this individual was hit and then it caused this, apparently it's a Ford Explorer pickup, but it caused it to start rolling and this individual was ejected and, and passed away, unfortunately, but not wearing a seatbelt. What would have happened had he been wearing a seatbelt is going to be the argument for defense, right? Defense is going to argue had he been wearing a seatbelt, 
he would have lived and maybe had some uh, some bruises, and therefore that needs to be taken into consideration by the jury and to determine that there, we're not going to be held liable for those serious injuries of death, right? Or, uh, or then you could argue, you know, as the as the plaintiff side, well, he would have maybe been injured worse. And I've seen plaintiff side saying, you're right, he wouldn't have died, but he would have broke his neck with the impact, with the rollover, and therefore been paralyzed for the next, you know, 45 years and required, two, you know, $20 million. I'm just using examples. $20 million in future medical care. We want more money than, than two or three million bucks, right? And or whatever, you know, 10 million, whatever. Um, but so it is a it's a matter of experts. And, you know, the thing is, this vehicle went flying and rolling over. There could have been significant injuries had he had a seatbelt on also. And you, and that's just all about experts, hiring experts. And and that's where it's about writing big checks by the law firms to bring in experts because they're not cheap to to give opinions and both sides are going to have these experts uh, giving opinions about as to what the injury would have been had he been wearing a seatbelt. To, to any extent, do they look at the fact, let's say the driver, the, the kid's dad or whoever was driving the car, if he was there, the driver of the car, let's say that person was wearing a seatbelt. The 15 year old was not wearing a seatbelt. They go into this accident. There's a rollover. And let's say just hypothetically, the driver comes away with minor or no injuries at all, relatively minor, no paralysis, nothing like that. Would they would they look at it and say, see, if he'd been wearing a seatbelt, the outcome would have been like the driver who was wearing a seatbelt. Yeah, I, I knew you were going there. Yeah. In fact, right when you started talking, I knew that. So the answer is uh, yes and no, like we always say, but generally no. And the reason I say generally no is it's the position of where the individual was, where the impact was. I know the impact was from the rear, but as it started rolling, what impact or damage would have been caused to that individual? Every individual is different. The impact in different areas as they're rolling is going to be different. The size of the individual, where the seatbelt's located, if it's on them, like like a tall individual seatbelt's going to be a different place, right? Um, you know, who knows? I don't know if the truck rolled over and hit the side of the, the wall, right? And it hit, hit the wall on the side, you know, where the, the kid would have been, um, the 15-year-old. So it just Because he was thrown from the vehicle. Right. Yeah. But the question is, where he was from the, in the vehicle, had he been wearing his seatbelt, what would have that injury been? It depends. That's what X, it calls. You, you got to look at the rollover factor, what his body would have been doing with the seatbelt on. Uh, would have the, you know, sometimes you have issues of, of seats breaking and individuals break their backs or their necks because the seat back breaks, right? Yeah. Then you got a manufacturer issue. But this is all what I said when I'm going to go back to the very beginning. Uh, and, and this is all speculation because I don't know all the details. But it comes down to experts and what they're going to find and what they're going to do. But the answer is yes, Todd. That is definitely defense is going to be arguing that. They're gonna. Their argument's gonna be he would have been fine with some bumps and bruises, but they're not. But but I doubt a court's gonna allow it to say, hey, look what the passenger did, his injuries or her injuries were. I doubt the court will ever let that in. Yeah, you know, one of the confusing things is what does it mean to have a car that's on autopilot? Now you wrote an article a while back where yep. it talked about liability, and they went over different types of autopilot right. that can happen. One is, I mean, to a certain extent, you could say cruise control is autopilot in the sense that your speed is all that is set right and that's right. if that's on one end of the scale and then on the other end of the scale you have fully auto get in the back seat watch a movie the car does everything which i think people think when they hear the term autopilot and that technology isn't here yet that you can completely right. ignore it exactly and uh so so what are the different types that we have and you know 
where do people really mess up when they think, boy, I can do all this free stuff now that I'm driving a Tesla on autopilot? Absolutely not. And in fact, that you are still liable. In fact, the police uh, held, and by the way, that's another whole issue. The police's opinion is not evidence in a court of law, by the way. Um, it, it, you can, because they weren't there. They didn't witness it. Now they can come in as an expert witness if it's what's called the mate team or, a, or, a, or, or they have the expertise. So it, it depends on the judges whether or not they let the testimony of the officer in. But the situation is uh, you still have to control that car. You yes. still have to be in charge of hitting the brake if that doesn't look like it's going to stop, right? And um, if you've ever been in a vehicle that has the, that, all that automatic stop and all that stuff, it, let me tell you, it's. I don't like it. I, I just, I don't like it. It scares me. It, it bothers me because it's stopping and going a lot. You know, it, it, it's. Uh, I've driven those type of vehicles, not a Tesla, but other ones that have the real. You know, I, I'm going to say a semi uh, uh, autopilot uh, vehicles, and, and it just drove me nuts. I'm telling you, if you've ever ridden as a passenger in a vehicle. And I'm sure we all have. And let's say the driver is a younger driver or something like that. And they're, they're speeding up and stopping. And you're trying to look down to do something. You're getting jostled and jerked around a little bit because the driver is in control of the vehicle. The driver can brace themselves for a brake they know they're going to hit or acceleration or turning to the left to the turning to the right. But if you're riding in the vehicle and not watching the road, now you're subject to all these different moves. That's kind of what it's like if you're in a, a, a vehicle that is – Right. In my opinion, too automated because it's kind of hard to determine and prepare for what the car is going to do. You want to know something interesting? Did you know that? See, I'm, I don't drive a Tesla. Before you uh, enable the autopilot, you must agree on the Tesla. You know, it won't allow you to do it unless you agree to keep your hands on the steering wheel at all times and always maintain control and responsibility of the car. It tells you to do that. It, which, so. which I, which I think would be a good thing, with one exception. I think that the Tesla. Just my opinion, if that is going to be an issue and they want to avoid liability, then there should be a sensor on that steering wheel that detects when you've removed your hands from the steering wheel for, you know, longer than five seconds or 10 seconds. You're clearly not holding on to the steering wheel. There's got to be a sensor that takes it off auto. Okay, you got to drive now. Yeah, I guess the question also is, again, it's a question. These are all, that's why you have lawyers, right? You have a question is, okay, let's assume that says that. Do you know or have knowledge that? People are not doing that, and if so, you better might, might want to step up and, like you say, have a sensor on the on the steering wheel. I don't know, but this is all new technology, and it's going to take time. It's actually going really fast. And uh, it, it, interesting, Elon Musk has, has tweeted out accidents on autopilot are becoming rare. He, he he tweeted that out, and I get it. He's trying to say, look, you know, statistically, it's much more rare to get an accident and die with the autopilot than it is. In, with other non-autopilots, and that's what he's trying to say. But uh, they're still working on this, and it's still liable. The, the person driving the car, they're still liable. But I'm telling you right now, there's a number of people dying. There's March uh, 23, 2018 in Mountain View. Someone else, uh, uh, Apple software engineer, died. Uh, there's, yeah, I can go on. In uh, April 2021, uh, a man in Houston, Texas died. So there's, there's cases all over the up and down. But guess what? If you start adding up, you start adding up all the cases uh, that are auto accidents that uh, are not autopilot, then it's not that big of a deal. Maybe. We'll be right back.
choice. Some people say the USA is finished. It's evil, a has-been, full of hate and injustice. The U.S. Constitution should be trashed and the Bill of Rights abolished. No free speech, no gun ownership, competition and free markets are bad. We're all too stupid. For our own good, the government must own everything and know all your secrets. Other people say that America has created the freest, richest, happiest, most generous society that has ever existed in the world. That's why millions of people are desperate to come here and escape their brutal lives in Cuba, Venezuela, North Korea, and 100 other countries. In America, we have the right to succeed, the right to our own living, the right to have a family, the right to believe in God, the right to have our own ideas, the right to be safe and secure, and the right to be left alone. Where do you stand? Help us save the Constitution and restore the American dream. Go to SaveMyFreedom.com. Brought to you by the American Media Council.